Hi everyone, um, thanks for coming down this evening. Um, my name is Nehrak, I also go by the stage name Reveal. Um, as I haven't said, I'm a hip-hop artist and I'm also um, an ethnomusicologist, which means I like to look at music and the processes that exist within and around it um, in depth. And um, this evening I'm going to be sharing some thoughts with you about the art of freestyle and the unconscious mind. Um, I'm going to start by giving you a little bit of background and history and the origins of the practice so we're all on the same page. Um, we're then going to break down the act of freestyling and look at it as a mental process um, and as what I believe is a direct pathway to the unconscious mind. Um, but I'm getting slightly ahead of myself and let's take it right from the start. What exactly do I mean by freestyling? Um, well, there's several technical distinctions to be made, which I'll go into shortly, but for all intents and purposes, what I'm talking about is, um, as um, I haven't stated, it's um, spontaneous improvised rapping. So, um, when hip-hop began in the um, housing projects of New York in the 1970s, it existed as a mainly live phenomenon in the shape of um, block parties with DJs, breakers, and all types of people getting involved. And many of the founding fathers of the culture, such as Africa Bambata and Cool Herc, um, drew on their Caribbean sound system heritage. And alongside the DJs that played the record came rappers in the Jamaican toasting style. Um, these rappers, or MCs, would interact with the crowd, pick up the name of the DJ or sound system, and generally hype the party. And the point was to engage with the audience and enhance their experience. And um, most of these raps, as they became called, um, would rhyme, and many would be spontaneous. And in many ways, if you actually chart the history of um, freestyle versus written rhyme, freestyles actually precede written rhymes. And um, in the present day, if you were to type freestyle into YouTube, you'd get a mad variety of results, ranging from chart-topping um, rappers performing pre-composed pieces, to huddles of youths in hoodies rapping back and forth about seemingly abstract topics. Now, um, the term freestyle is slightly interchangeable in hip-hop. It was um, common practice for mixtape DJs to ask rappers for freestyles or exclusive performances, and these would sometimes come in the form of miscellaneous verses set to a DJ mix. And they were freestyles in the sense that they were not complete a track, um, but they were not improvised on the spot. And it raises a quite interesting question, at what point does a freestyle stop being a freestyle? And... Um, there's actually um, a rapper from the Wu-Tang Clan by the name of Jizla, and um, he's on record stating that he believes that all freestyles are simply incomplete lyrics. And this is um, something we'll return to in a bit, the idea of the stages of lyric writing compared to freestyling. Um, what we're concerned with today is what's referred to as off-the-top-of-the-dome freestyling, actual improvising on the spot. I just thought it's important to make that distinction because the term is quite interchangeable in hip-hop. And um, the actual practice of off-the-top freestyling is something that exists as a part of rapping. It's not something separate. That's not to say that it's impossible to rap without knowing how to freestyle. There are many acclaimed rappers who are not known for their freestyle ability at all. But at certain points, they will intersect. And to be considered a well-rounded MC, you definitely be able to um, expect it to be able to perform freestyle on some form of level. It's not essential, but it plays a major role also in songwriting. And you could maybe compare it to breath control for athletes. So you might not need specific training in breath control to be able to run fast, but it would definitely impact your ability to perform on some level. And um, hip-hop culture comes with a strong show-and-prove attitude. Um, a rapper wants to be heard, put a bunch of real hip-hop heads in a room, 
and at some point a cipher will break up, which consists of MCs standing in a circle and rapping. And as an up-and-coming MC, I used to jump on the 98 bus down the Edgeware Road um, to the West End underground record stores to take part in a lot of the ciphers myself. And I'll never forget the first time I actually heard an actual live freestyle that was improvised on the spot. It was in a small um, clothes and record shop off Wardour Street that was a popular congregating spot for hip-hop heads. And there were instrumentals playing on the shop sound system when the MC began freestyling. And he started pointing to objects in the store as he became incorporating them into his rhymes. And it's no exaggeration to say I felt like I was seeing magic before my eyes the first time I saw it. I was pretty new to hip-hop, so I didn't fully understand the distinctions between the different types of freestyle, but I knew immediately that what I was seeing couldn't have been pre-composed unless it had been meticulously planned, which didn't seem very likely. I couldn't even begin to get my head around what the rapper was doing. It seemed to me that either his brain was processing things at light speed, or he was somehow slowing down time. There didn't seem to be any gap between the MC and what was in front of him. In that moment, he just existed in rhyme form. He seemingly would just will sentences into existence, not losing rhythm, even managing to be witty, and not to mention that it all rhymed. No mean feat. Um, looking back, what I saw was a quite average performance, but at the time, my head was fully blown. Um, I went home and immediately began practicing my freestyling. Um, we'd have little MC gatherings where we'd train our freestyling by throwing random words at each other to incorporate into our rhymes. We'd give each other scenarios and situations, like right from the point of view of a man trapped in a burning building, and then um, similar exercises. And I was starting to get to the real core of freestyling. And um, whereas freestyling was a crucial element during the formative years of the art form and culture of hip-hop, it developed into almost niche subculture of the genre, and there's a slightly apathetic attitude towards the phenomenon in the current day. The ability to freestyle is certainly celebrated and revered, but it's seen very much as a specialised skill and bears little, if any, relation to commercial success. Um, many popular artists nowadays go through their whole careers without performing a single freestyle, something that would have been unheard of previously. In short, it would be very unlikely for a new artist to gain a following or industry buzz based slowly and um, based solely on his or her freestyle prowess. And this is in contrast to the um, earlier period of the 80s and the 90s, where freestyle rap and the culture surrounding it was a major influence on the stars of the era and was a recurring motif in much of the popular hip-hop imagery of the time. Although MCs who are skilled in the art of freestyle enjoy a high status in terms of musical credibility within the community, there are a disproportionately large number of revered freestyle MCs who have had no or very limited commercial success in terms of record sales, gaining a regular rotation in nightclubs. Um, MCs like this would include Supernatural, Craig G, and MC Juice, who I've got the quote up from, who widely regarded as being some of the most proficient freestyle artists in hip-hop. Now, freestyling is how you wow a crowd, wax is where you become immortal, and... Um, the above quote is particularly meaningful when taking into consideration that it originates from MC Juice, a prime example of the high-status, low-rewards model of freestyle MCs mentioned earlier. One who enjoys a high level of respect in the community, but who would not be considered successful in commercial terms. Contrasting improvisation against the process of composition and noting the similarities and differences in musicians' approach or intention when performing either one, has provided much traditional ethnomusicological food for thought. 
Um, the distinction made by MC Juice points to both the difference in the intention of the MC when freestyling, improvising, as opposed to when writing, composing. Uh, most MCs uh, make this distinction. Even MCs who are more well-known for their songwriting skills, such as um, Boots Riley of The Coop, um, he stated on record as um, saying, freestyle sounds good when you first hear it. I want my records to still sound good when you hear it a hundred times. And this idea of a perceived difference between the content and character of improvised and composed performance is crucial in understanding this distinction. It's not to suggest that the written word is in any way inherently better than the improvised aspect of rap. Rather, it would seem to suggest that they are separate entities. The competency of an MC is judged by various factors, such as their ability to maintain a flow, a rhythmic melody created by timing words on the beat, or the content of their lyrics. Factors that are slightly judged differently depending on whether their performance is improvised or not. Um, some rappers tread this line very well between written performance and freestyle. And um, there's rappers such as Snoop and Eminem, who they actually just freestyle on some of their tracks. Like You can tell their, their whole style, the way their rhymes fit together, is definitely something that they developed through freestyling. And um, there's footage of them um, on YouTube. Like If you search it doing actual off-the-dome freestyles, there's a really famous old clip of Eminem where his manager's throwing random words at him and he's freestyling. There was this old show that used to come on MTV called Lyricist Lounge. And they used to have um, a starring rapper every week, and they had Snoop Dogg on it one time, who was well in like the heyday of his fame. And they kept trying to sort of catch him out in the show by making him freestyle off the top of the dome. And he was so good that like he just carried on with it. Now, um, yeah, we're going to look at the mental processes that take place um, during improvisation, and um, they have been the subject of much research and study. And um, there's a really good book called The Improvising Mind by um, a guy called Berkowitz. And in it, he cites the theory of memory schemata, or the um, archetypal patterns that define the musical style. These scripts and plans are the mental processes used that facilitate the process of improvisation. In the field of jazz improvisation, the model can be examined by looking at how musicians practice or attempt to improve improvisation. <clears throat> Jazz standards or repertoires of chord sequences which repeat cyclically have traditionally been memorized by jazz musicians and during performance variations of the same key or tone are improvised. So um, I'm no expert, I don't play an instrument, but from my understanding it's that um, you can buy these little book of jazz riffs that you can learn and then you can place them together. It's stark contrast to how MCs would... Um, um, prepare for freestyling. There's um, a guy called um, Rough Styles, who's the um, world Guinness, two times world Guinness record holder for longest freestyle. And um, speaking to me about training for his record attempt, he explains how he tries to prepare by expanding his vocabulary by reading dictionaries prior to the event. I don't want to run out of topics to rap about. It was just important to stay in a space where I felt mentally loose and free. This idea of a free thought process is echoed by many other notable examples and is expressed in freestyle terminology as um, zoning up. And um, a lot of freestylers speak in terms of entering a realm where it's so free of rules that you're daydreaming at high speed through the hyperspace of your mind, just linking words that rhyme in whatever way you feel. The two approaches differ in the sense that while jazz improvisation seemingly focuses on the idea of improvisation through practicing technique, 
essentially creativity through learned responses, freestyle raps places the emphasis on the disassociation taking place. This goes back to the idea of zoning that we discussed earlier. Similarities could also be drawn in that freestyle also relies on certain techniques being available to the MC, but these are not learned in any way, rather developed through actual practice. Um, Tony D, who's the Don't Flop Battle Champion is in the crowd with us, explained that I practice freestyling maybe 15 to 20 minutes every day, but there's no way to practice except actually freestyling. There isn't anything you can learn that will help you, really. Going on to add that, what happens is that after a while you gain a certain understanding of how words and word sounds connect. If you ask the average man on the street to rhyme sweatshirt, 9 out of 10 times he'd only rhyme the shirt part of the syllable. But as an MC, you'd see it as a multi-syllable structure. Sweatshirt would rhyme well with head hurt, and so forth. It would appear that these schematas, used by MCs who practice in order to achieve pure spontaneity, would, while in some ways be similar, they would actually be at odds with that of a jazz musician, who would appear to move towards spontaneity by way of learned responses. And this is where I believe the link to the unconscious mind becomes very apparent. Recent advances in neuroscience and MRI technologies, which are used to create massive activity in the brain's regions through the charting of blood flow to parts of the brain that deal with these different processes, have meant that it is now possible for academics to carry out experiments that chart the processes that occur during improvisation. There's um, a great um, musical cognition study that's um, also in the form of a TED talk by a guy called Charles Lim, and he compares the brain maps obtained from observing free jazz piano improvisation to that of freestyle rappers. And while at this stage of research, results are by no means definitive, it's very interesting to note that while there appears to be a correlation between common areas in the brain used for both jazz and rap improvisation, areas associated with self-reflection, introspection, and working memory, in the case of freestyle rap, other areas of the brain associated with self-expression autobiographical and self-monitoring aspects seem to become active. This is explained by Lim as a disassociation of the frontal lobe that turns certain aspects of the mind off, making the individual less inhibited. While much more research needs to be done in order for significant conclusions to be drawn, these initial findings seem to support the same idea of disassociation or zoning discussed earlier. It seems that the zone is a state in which everything comes together, observations, stylistic, and rhythmic nuances. When I freestyle and zone, I literally feel like I'm the master of the universe. I feel like I'm transforming pure energy into words. And I just think of a topic or a word, and it's strange because it's almost like a mental game at times. I don't know if um, you've ever come across that exercise where do your best to not think of a purple penguin, and inevitably you start thinking of a purple penguin. It's um, the less you think, the more naturally you let it come, the more it will flow as a process. Um, the mental schemata, once in place and established, becomes like a tool that you're unaware of. Um, yeah, there's a quote by the famous rapper Eminem, that um, I see words like a jigsaw puzzle. It's all about what fits where. And sometimes the rhyme word or the melody will dictate the form of the freestyle. Multi-syllable rhyme patterns are not going to happen instantly. And it's this practice of constantly slotting words together coherently at high speed, which helps us to um, develop a quick word and rhyme association. Once this is established, the content of freestyle begins to bear very interesting fruit. 
Earlier, Rothstein spoke about a relaxed and free thought state, which is preferable for freestyling. What happens is that the gap between thought and unconscious thought begins to close. Um, I don't drink alcohol myself, but I'm sure you might be familiar with the adage, a drunk argument reveals the truth. And um, freestyles can function on a similar level. I've seen people speak their minds and express views that they were not consciously aware of. And I've experienced the same during freestyling. Sometimes it's like um, that old trick where if you're in undecided about something, they say flip a coin, and while the coin's flipping, you'll know what side you want it to land on. And freestyling can function in the same way. It can open up certain pathways to parts of your brain that you hadn't actually considered before. And um, if we look at the mental process of freestyling through a psychoanalytical lens, it's interesting to note that there can be similarities drawn between the mental function of freestyling and the levels of the id, ego, and superego. For example, Freudian slips are very common in freestyles. I've heard a lot of people sort of just come out with something that maybe they did intend, maybe they didn't intend. And um, I've been around um, social norms while freestyling almost become a secondary consideration. And I've been around a group of rappers who have been freestyling after a significant event in their lives has taken place. And sometimes someone will just blurt something out that's um, on their mind. Um, it's a bit of an odd story, but I remember I had a friend who was um, injured and uh, he'd been shot. And um, he was in hospital and we'd all gone to see him and we were all standing around and somehow a freestyle broke out. And someone started rapping about the guy being shot, which seemed really off-key, but it's just kind of what takes place sometimes. Um, on a primal base level, the MC wants to shine and to prove their worth in the cipher. Um, there might even be a desire to outdo his or her peers in the cipher, but the ego and superego manifest in terms of what's socially acceptable. Um, I believe that freestyling is a form of mental exercise akin to deep trance meditation or even a religious experience. Martial artists and yoga practitioners talk of a union of mind, spirit and body when moves and responses have been learned and the form is just performed naturally. And I believe that freestyling inhabits a similar space in the mind of the MC or rapper. Freestyling is creation, imagination, expansion of consciousness, a mental journey, contextualization, and creative agency. The intention of a freestyle differs from that of a written lyric. Going back to what Boots Riley was saying earlier, about freestyling is how you get heard, but wax is where you become immortal. The freestyle exists in the now, in the present. It's definitely a life phenomenon that has to be experienced to be fully appreciated. The real purpose of freestyle could almost be defined as gaining access to the zone, which is the unconscious mind. Even in freestyle ciphers, rappers sometimes will use the final word or theme of the previous rapper's freestyle to begin theirs. This concept of ciphering is one that will probably merit a talk of its own, but it's interesting to note how the moment of inspiration is comparable to the beginning of a freestyle. The principles of freestyle have been implemented in modern-day therapy sessions with at-risk kids. I work part-time for a supplementary school, and we've had NHS-registered music therapists come in and observe sessions, during which they found freestyle rap to be a therapeutic tool, um, therapeutic tool for um, kids that have been through traumatic incidents. The principles of freestyle are also being incorporated into hip-hop education programs as a form of improvisational practice or a free-thought exercise. But... Essentially, what we're talking about with freestyling is that I hope I didn't get that too technical with some of the information I was giving, but there's freestyling on a sort of 
a surface level where it's the exercise that you can do with other rappers and like you pull, like I say, pull out words, you point to things in the room. And then there's the actual practice of sitting down with a bunch of rappers and just freestyling and just, just letting your mind go. And it's, it's like the, the best example is that Rough Styles quote where he was saying, it's like travelling through hyperspeed, hyperspace and just pulling out words and quotes. And that's where I believe essentially like the magic of freestyle lies. And that's where I believe it's directly linked to the unconscious mind. Because sometimes you're doing something and within the form that's dictated to you, such as staying on beat or keeping the rhyme flow going, you, you start to think in a way that you wouldn't. Usually you don't have time to plan things out. Sometimes people ask, how far ahead do you plan freestyles? And it would be, it wouldn't work if you actually tried to think like five lines ahead. It just wouldn't work. You'd be taking yourself out of the moment. And um, sort of some of these um, spiritual New Age books, they talk about the universal energy grid network that people can tap into. Some people talk about forces of nature. Some people talk about God. And it's very similar. I know it might sound like a, a big step to say that, but it's tapping into something. And the more you don't think about it, the more it's going to flow. And um, you can see it in clips of like, really adept freestylers, the MC Juice that I mentioned earlier. There's a brilliant clip of him on a radio show, and he's just improvising freestyles, and the host says to him, oh, that's amazing, it's, it's like you sold your soul. Who did you sell your soul to to be able to do that? And he immediately goes off into this improvised rap, where he's telling the story about how he sold his soul and he met the devil. And it's something that, to go out of the moment and to try and compose it, it, it wouldn't work, it wouldn't function on the same kind of a level. And that's what's so interesting um, freestyling about me. Like, even to this day, I've been rapping for more than 15 years. I still sit around and I freestyle. And um, it's, just, it's just a really good way to get thoughts out about stuff as well. And um, like I mentioned, they are starting to use it. I believe it was something they refer to as corridor theory that says that certain forms of um, psychoanalysis are more geared towards middle-class white um, clients. And by using things like hip-hop and freestyling, they're given the contextualization for some young people from different types of backgrounds to be able to sort of create and talk in a way that's more similar form, something that they recognize. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. That. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do my best to get those questions. That was really interesting. Uh, my question is, um, are you familiar with the term retroactivation, which is a psychoanalytic term that refers to, um, actually, Lars von Trier's film Nymphomaniac is like a really good example of that. I've seen the member. Right. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, I mean, maybe... That was retrograde amnesia. That's retrograde yeah. amnesia, yeah, exactly. Retroactivation is basically when, like, uh, when Freud was with his patients in, the, in his analysis room, um, sometimes the, the, the patients were, had too much repression, so they, they couldn't get the word out. 
So they would look around the room, and if something in the room, something sports study, reminded them of something, then they, it would kind of like catalyze a, 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 a pathway of speech and break down the repression. The repression. And um, it kind of reminded me of what you said about certain entities, like just pointing at objects and like coming out with a with a narrative, mm. a lyric. Mm. Yeah, cool. That reminded me a bit of when I first came to the museum, was doing public tours, so we were told what to do, you know, because sometimes you fly out, you've got nothing to say, you don't, you know, it's quite embarrassing. So they said, it's not a problem, just look around the room, and there'll be something. And you can point at that, and you say, ooh, that's hot. <laughs> it's very old. There's always something to say. And so when you said that, I immediately thought, you know, of course, that's not freestyling. That's, that's finding a trigger. Mm. I think, and of course, what you ended up with was something completely different. Mm. Going, instead of going out there to point at something, point a name, I used to divide this kind of thing of, of um, tours of the museum, pointing a name. But of course, what you do is go inside. So it's like suddenly it's a completely different mental space, and that's becoming a much more creative and much more interesting. <coughs> Another question? Yeah, I had a question about the cipher. Where, where does it come from? My understanding about ciphers is when the group is together and they start rapping. Yeah. Start, but where does, where, where does it come from? I mean, it all kind of just originates from just the hip-hop practices, very show-approved, it was very competitive to begin with, hip-hop, and it was literally just, hip-hop, it's, it's been a culture that's appropriated bits and pieces of other things, so for example, they would like, link up the electricity to the street pylons, and able to get their energy and stuff, and it would just be kids standing out in the street, wanting to show their skills, and it would just naturally seem to take a form circle. And there's other people that have drawn links to that griot culture of storytelling and stuff like that. But that's something that maybe exists on a sort of more deeper level, I would say. But the idea of ciphers is just synonymous with hip-hop. It's, I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to kind of find the first cipher in hip-hop, or if anyone claims that they originated the idea. It's something akin to sparring in boxing or martial arts, I would say. Does the word cipher have a particular meaning then? To cipher, it can be to cipher as in to actively rap in a group of people. It can also be the cipher, which is the group of people. I think, it's, I, I might be totally wrong, but I think because when we were doing some, some work with the whole cipher thing, it's something to do with the with it comes from something to do with the circle. Yeah? Yeah, so... Well, yeah, right, so it's like circular. Which is, I mean, which some of these things, yeah. I kind of view them as coming after the fact, you know? Yeah. So it's like an analysis of something on a level that maybe is too intricate. Mm. And I firmly hold the belief that hip-hop is very much a street culture. It's mm. a live, lived culture. I don't believe there was that level of introspection of less basis around the cipher based on zeros. I mean, I might be wrong. But I'd say that these are things that came after the fact. Yeah, so, it just is. Yeah. And, and also so that everyone could see, because people would go in the middle and break dance, or go in the middle and b-box, so, so everyone could see mm. what was happening in the street, right? It's like outside of a gym, 
Yeah. And everyone's standing with their bags in a certain yeah, yeah, so Or when the, the parents come to pick yeah. up the kids. That's the fact. Yeah. It's just like it's a congregation, it's a gathering. Mm-hmm. Inclusive.
the um, the conscious being like a fountain, and then the um, un- it goes back into the unconscious, and it only exists outside of its whole for a moment. And that's very much what I compare freestyle to when I was talking about tapping into the zone. It's almost this idea that. Um, as a famous rapper Nas, he's got a track saying, um, no idea is original, there's nothing new under the sun. Saying that the physics have always existed for a bicycle. It's just us putting them in order. It's the same thing with that free thought and freestyling. And it's such a complicated process, but you don't think of it at the time. I almost say that it's art as you're performing it. And when it's out, you can analyse it scientifically. So it's not like a formula, it's more like a state of mind, which is why I compare it to meditation. Yeah, no, absolutely, and, and, the, and analytic work mm. can be compared to meditation. Mm. No, so the, the position of the analyst has to be, I mean, at some point, you know, Freud, Freud, well, Freud's book actually said that the analyst has to position himself or herself equidistant between ego and super. So, so in other words, the analyst has to kind of be hovering. Between, you can't just think you know what something means or you get something from, you know, and you, you can kind of pin stuff down. You have to be in this kind of hovering state. So, yeah, so in that case, it's very similar. But, but maybe, just to go back to this other thing, I mean, maybe the, this sense of meditating and almost, I mean, Freud talks about evenly hovering attention, mm. evenly hovering attention, that state of, which is like a meditative state. Is that caused, do you think, by the fact that you have to be self-aware and aware of the other in the sense of the audience and aware of the work, you know, so that you actually are having to be somehow hovering between mm. those three things mm. and you can't, you can't fall into the audience, you can't just fall into yourself without self-awareness, you can't just think about the way, no, you have to be in, in between it all. Definitely. And what's, what's really interesting is that if you sort of slightly step outside of your comfort zone as a rapper, and maybe go to like an English-speaking country where, let's say America, where their slang, their terminology is so different, and to freestyle in that type of a crowd and school, you've got, there's levels to it, sort of. So if I start freestyling, thinking about events that have happened today, what I was saying earlier about contextualising and articulating. I could say, he came, I got in the car, who am I talking about? You know? But then I could say, oh, I called the taxi, he came, and I got in the car. So you're kind of giving the people the context of what you're doing. And in the remit of freestyling, it's um, sometimes if you freestyle, and there's like a disconnect with the audience. If you're too in yourself, then it won't come across. Like one of the first things I said that freestyling was a way of engaging with the audience to enhance it. So like, you know that old thing of um, when rappers come on stage and they're like, throw your hands in the air, somebody say, oh. What the actual real MCs used to do back in the days was they'd come on and they'd rap for a few lines. Having gained the audience's trust, they'd then say, throw your hands in the air. Once the connection has been established, it was a very savvy engagement ritual, almost. I've had a lot of thoughts lately of 
been thinking a lot lately about the nature of, of thoughts themselves, like whether a thought is something that happens or something that you do. Because often in my life I find a thought will appear in my head and it's not necessarily something that I would have expected to come and it's not necessarily something I even mean. It's like, yeah, I'm going to shoot refs. The, you know, that kind of a thought. It comes in your head. And I have no intention of doing anything besides today. Exactly. That, that's what stopped me. But so, on a serious level, I don't know where the thoughts come from. Occasionally, I will deliberately think. I'll decide what I'm going to think about. And I'll go through the thought process consciously and deliberately. But other times, the thought will just appear. And I'm wondering where, you know, what you think about where do these thoughts come from? Is it from inside? Is it an external source? See, this is what I think a lot about when I say the moment of inspiration for writing a song lyric and freestyling. At what point does freestyling stop being freestyling when you commit it to the page? But what if it's still in flux? What if you're still changing it? Is it a freestyle then? And, um, I mean, for me, I mean, it kind of goes down to, like, your stance on how you believe the mind works. But for me, it was really interesting just in the... um, in the process of getting ready for this talk, just looking up a lot of the psychoanalysis stuff and stuff about stuff that um, affects you from your um, unconscious. And I think freestyling is really is the perfect exercise to sort of sum it up because sometimes things you've seen in a day, observations that you never knew you even made, your mood, you can trace all of these things back sometimes. I'm not saying if you just start freestyling, you'll just start discovering self-truths like, overnight. But if used in a specific way, then it can be a pathway to the unconscious mind. So I think to kind of answer, I'm not really sure, I think it's different for everyone really. But for me, my mind exists in rhyme. And like, I've always said this, like, I would have gone crazy if I didn't rap because I don't, wouldn't know what to do with all these words. And it's enough for someone just to say a word for me to read a word. I'm sure some of the rappers will relate to this, like, you're already, you're already rhyming. You're already rhyming when you see words or when you're introduced to a new person and you hear their name. Automatically, certain things just fall into place. And it's just the process of bringing it out almost. So if you imagine that your brain is surrounded by all of these words that are just floating around you and then the more you will them into existence, the more they solidify. And if you will them to the point of writing them down, then it's become reality. But there's a um, graphic novel... Um, writer called Alan Moore and he talks a lot about this concept of an idea space where he believes that um, for the example he gives us that the steam engine was developed by two separate engineers in different parts of the world within six months of each other without knowledge of each other's work so he puts forward the idea that paradigms of thought exist in the world and there is literally like a dimension of thought and ideas which is similar to this idea of Nothing was created. Like, books, you could, the words existed. You just put them in a certain order. And I believe it's almost like we all walk around with this antenna. And it's the more you tune yourself into it. Like, um, Muslim Sufis, they believe that your soul is like a mirror. And the more you polish it, the more it will reflect God. Or the more it will reflect the universe. And with something like freestyling, when I say freestyling, it's my chosen niche because I'm a rapper. It could be the same for someone just doing free association writing exercise. It could be the same as an artist picking up um, a pen or weaving a tapestry and just letting their mind go. So I believe it's in 
with engaging with these pathways that we each find that we can further explore the unconscious. Does that make sense? said about like when you're it's like physics are is there but we have to have something to know about like like the bike example or what you said about like once I'm introducing myself and all of a sudden you start thinking or rapping about me. So I was just wondering, uh, I feel like there is more correlation to that to unconscious uh, to preconscious in that one. For example, right now you were thinking about your mother's name, but right now we all have a thought about our mother's name. So that's kind of like what you said brings up the more preconscious idea to me. So how do you see that? Like, what's the difference in like freestyle precon- on the preconscious and the unconscious? Um, from my understanding of it, and I'm not fully versed in it, preconscious is something that is maybe more apparent. Is that right? It's something that is where, and the unconscious is something you're completely unaware of. I believe I know it's a dodgy analogy. The whole iceberg thing. But from my understanding, the unconscious would be the iceberg under the water, the preconscious would be on the waterline, and the conscious would be above. Is that correct? Yeah, because my understanding is like when you're freestyling, I might be completely wrong because this is the first time I'm hearing about it. It's just like there's something triggers, and then it's when in psychoanalysis that's what it's called. Like when something triggers, it's more preconscious. So that's what I'm. Was I mean to a certain extent, it's like the whole what we were saying earlier about practicing. And the, the point of the exercise is to get into that zone. And when you're in that zone, you can direct the flow of what you're saying. But it's not a very um, conscious thing, I think. I don't know if that's if I'm getting the right question. It's kind of like, like Tony, he freestyles more than me right now. So he's able to enter that zone quicker than I am. It doesn't mean he's bad. But he's like quicker to be able to jump into that zone. And then when you're talking about these triggers, like someone like Benny, he'll just go off, he'll just go off, and you're like finding these triggers, and it's almost like platforms that you're jumping on. And you become aware of it, but there's no route. You can kind of guide it a bit, so you can choose to try and rap about something or to kind of put it in a certain direction. But getting into too much detail, it kind of defeats the purpose of the exercise. Like, I've, I've tried it sort of like holding on to one lyric that I want to say occupies so much space in your mind that to be able to think of that one line and keep it in your mind, in that space of time, you could have said eight lines if you didn't say it flow. Can you write proficiently in different languages? Um, I rap in Farsi, Persian, sometimes, but it's not really something I like doing. It's like I'm learning all over again. Is it because of your competence with Farsi, or is it because I've spent more time playing with the English language? I spent a lot more time playing with it, just sort of words bouncing around in my head. I used to read a great deal as a child, and I still do, but. So to rap, you must have a high verbal intelligence or IQ or whatever you call it. Definitely, I'd say that just the act of rapping requires a certain level of introspection. And is it words that you see? And is, it, is, is the association immediately with the word? 
or could it be a symbol or a scene or a situation which you then translate into words very quickly? It's like I was saying, it's not a conscious thing. It's like when you're in that zone, you will just like sort of train your mind on something and it will just come. You can't think about it too much. Because when you start thinking about, okay, I'm going to say a rap about a farm and I'm going to mention a chicken and a cow, you will just, you will start putting yourself in a weird position because it just kind of, it's like, it's like I was saying with the whole like martial art thing where like you train yourself and you have certain muscle responses. That so can anyone do it to the same degree? Or do some people who are more non-verbal see this is quite interesting because we have this discussion quite a lot about can everyone rap can everyone improve their rapping that's a sort of separate thing on its own freestyling I believe everyone has the ability in them to freestyle I've seen a lot of um, freestyle um, workshops there's a lady Tony Blackman um, from America and she specialises in doing um, freestyle rap workshops with people from all types of different backgrounds, so not necessarily young kids from urban settings or anything like that. But um, I've been in... It's, it's, it's the idea of a cypher working in conjunction with freestyling. It's this group energy. Like, I do a lot of um, work with um, at-risk kids, and um, I've, been, I've done workshops over the course of a week where there's been members of the group that have come in that they literally just look down, they won't talk to anyone, they don't mention a word and we have a cypher at the end of each day and by the 4th or 5th day these same quiet kids when the energy of the cypher transfers onto them they just feel compelled to do something or say something and it just comes out so I believe that yeah it's in everyone definitely so all go home (laughs) (laughs) all around your kitchen shirt, the pattern on something, 
an observation to do with the weather, the room that we're in, something that someone previously said. These are things that they're going to be picked up on. This is what I was the point I was trying to make when I was saying try performing to a crowd where English is their second language and they won't pick up on certain nuances. So it definitely informs the freestyle, the audience, a hundred percent. I was there. I have just one last question. That's okay. I'm really enjoying this. Thank you for, for telling all of this. Um, I'm just curious about when you are freestyling, if there have been times, maybe even unintentionally, that you have found that probably is coming from you know an unconscious place, that you are possibly repeating something that you may have remembered from a few performances before, and suddenly it triggers remembrance that um, when something was successful, or the term comes up, or a word comes up, or something makes an impression on you. Um, thinking of that in relation to seeing patients and when they bring dreams, and sometimes when something is very potent um, and visceral, they, can, they, they weigh in so much of uh, how they experienced it, and they want to sort of remember it in such detail, or they want you to explore it with them. So I'm curious about if you have had a moment where you've been freestyling and although you're quite dissociated, as you said, if there's a moment where you suddenly think, oh, God, I'm bringing up old material. You tend to try and stay away from it yeah. as a rule of practice. You tend to not fool. The thing is with rhyme words, say, for example, um, your rapper name is, I don't know, Joe. Joe is only going to rhyme with X amount of words. So every time you say your own name in the cipher, you might find yourself falling into a path. But that's what you want to, you don't want to do. I see. You know, you want to try and stay away from it. But, um, I've had times when things crop up, but it's almost like that's not the point of the exercise. So you try to move away from it, but it does happen. It does happen, but just by its nature, what you're trying to do is make something new. I've had more instances where you freestyle something that you'd later put into a song. Do you do you actually remember your freestyles after you do them? Or well, I remember freestyles. Because I've from some of the freestyle when I've been somewhere and someone's done a sick freestyle, mm. I'm like, oh my god, you know that you said this and they're like, oh, I, yeah. I don't even realize. I didn't even yeah. realize. I don't remember. Like. It's kind so of like the catch twenty two. Yeah. Well, I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, like it's kind of like the thing of being in that really free associative thought space. By nature, you're not gonna remember yeah. a lot of it. And we used to free stuff. Out, I'm not exaggerating. Like literally, sit there and like rap for half an hour or forty minutes, and like um, yeah, barely remember any of it. But I knew that I was in the zone. Or, Sometimes we just hit that wall and we'll just be like, ah, ah. It's just really weird. It's really weird. So it's a bit like that, that old saying, you can't step in the same river twice. Mm. So it's like you can't repeat in, in, in a freestyle scenario. Yeah. The idea is not to be able to recreate. Yeah, the you can, but if you do, yeah. you'd feel like, okay, this isn't going the way I want it to go, if that makes yeah. sense. Which is the distinction I was trying to draw between the jazz riffs that exist in. Yeah. I hope I didn't do a disservice while speaking about jazz like that. Well, from my own experience, we're taking the, uh, the analogy of a martial art thing. 
just certain lines which are similar to a punch or a kick, like generically saying something like, I don't do this, or I come across like, you know, when I'm on the mic, I'm blah, blah. And these, these different forms, I often find that I'm drawn towards them, and I find that I've said the beginning of a line, which has part of this form to it, and I'm like, I have to deliberately fight not to say something that I've already said. But that, that moment of the fighting between my will and my, and the thoughts can create some of the best lyrics, or it can lead to a disaster. <laughs> and like, I'm going back to what I was saying about the different levels of your mind informing you while you're freestyling. Sort of how you define yourself as an MC, as a rapper, that will have a big effect on your freestyle as well. Like, um, I came from the battle rap scene where like, verbal competitions with each other. So my sort of my default freestyle position is verbal clashing. That's almost... And sometimes it manifests in, like, talking about, like, lyrical aggression. And we used to do workshops with kids. They used to count the amount of weapon references that I was having my freestyle. But, but obviously not with an intention of a violent intention, more just how you place yourself as an MC. Or there might be an MC whose work consists of, um, I don't know, what they call conscious rap, or like sort of social political rap. And in a freestyle, if they started rapping about going to the club and spending money on bottles of champagne, it'd be a bit out of character. I don't think that would come out. It's like it allows you to examine yourself as an artist on a deeper level as well. <clears throat> Me personally, one of my biggest influences in the world is Morlavi, who they call Rumi in the West. And um, he used to freestyle. <laughs> so he used to go to these um, to give these sermons and he'd um, come out with impromptu rhyming lines. And that's freestyle. And for me, it's sort of like, <coughs> even there's this um, the overly stylized Mevlevi dance that exists when they talk about Sufism a lot, people in white robes sort of twirling. That practice originates from a story that Morlavi was walking through the town and he heard blacksmiths beating and in the rhythm he heard Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar and he started twirling to that rhythm. And um, <clears throat> what was really interesting for me was that when you look at accounts of his life, um, Rumi would sometimes be challenged by people during debates, and he'd, re- he'd respond in rhyming form. <laughs> he was a battle. He was a battle. <laughs> he was a battle. There was one where they asked him to do a talk at um, a Friday prayers, and when it came time for him to do the talk, he wasn't there. And they were like, where is he? And they were like, oh, he's with the down and outs. He's in, like, the local... He, he didn't drink, but he was in the local, like, place where all the people were, and then they went together and they said, what are you doing? You're supposed to be delivering a sermon at the local mosque. And he turned up impromptu when he was a pre-star. And he would express it in terms of oneness with God. And, again, the same analogy of um, God being the ocean and us being drops of water, which is the same kind of framework that I'm trying to give with this, where I was talking about the fountain rising up out of the ocean of our consciousness. That's what freestyling is. If you think about it, like the words that are in your head and just willing them one level closer to existence almost 
And for me, the two are intrinsically linked. And even, <clears throat> not to get into it too much, but there's Samo in Sufism, which is the Islamically permissible act of listening to music. And a lot of it is based around the 15th century text by a guy called Al-Kindi, who talks about the vibrations, different frequencies of tuning that have direct access to your emotion. So in Islam, one of the reasons why music is treated slightly cautiously is that there's the belief held that it's a direct link to your emotions and you're entering the spiritual realm when you're dealing with music. And I believe that creativity, that spark of inspiration, divine intervention, they're all the same thing. The Big Bang was a freestyle, man. <laughs> God was freestyling. the Big Bang. Thank you. 